1: I will will share with you my one rage
0: quit story. You know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo press. Now, eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. All right, welcome back, Rage Nation. We got a short crew today. We got myself with my homeboy, Chris. What, you mean the original crew today? The, o- the OGs. The OG crew. Yeah. Okay. John, John's doing some Rocky Montage training for uh, Bourbon Trail Open.
1: Oh, so Bourbon Trail open training more important than the podcast. I see how it is.
0: Well, you know, when John can't get any local games he can he has to take what he can get.
1: So where is he? With the Greenville guys or something?
0: No, but I think the Greenville guys and John and I are gonna get together this weekend and do some uh do some games. Okay. Get ourselves ready.
1: Well, good luck with that.
0: Yeah, it should be a fun time. We're we're really excited to go up to Kentucky and and yeah, compete in that that good size tournament, sweet. Yeah, so we got a lot we're talking about today. We got some big bombs dropped on us. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to talk about today because Steam Forge is doing this cool review thing they're doing or not re- reveal review, review, reveals the right word. And <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about what's been revealed so far. The we also got two models for the engineer, not the engineers, but the uh, miners, miner guild. The engineers, and,
1: miner guild, the miners.
0: Yes, Engineers, Miner, Guild, the Miners. There we go. The Miners, Miner, Guild. Mouthful. <laughs> and we're going to do a little bit of get good because we always want to try to get good. And I don't know if we have time. We might talk about Rage. I think we might keep this one short, though. I can live with either what. Oh, man. So, so yeah, we got uh, got some big news. Uh, yeah, C-4's I want to talk about reviews. Let's
1: just get to this already. I'm excited. All right, so.
0: So apparently, if you haven't been on any social media or if you've been living under a rock, yeah, we're getting new uh, new season four captains. Yes, that's we really are. that's really exciting.
1: Yep, especially so, for me.
0: Well, so day one, they showed the creepy little girl Morn, for who's going to be the mortician's new captain. Yep, and and a lot of people were kind of questioning where. Like, they're like, is this veteran Cossett? Like, who is this, you know, character? And is this the girl from the ring?
1: That's who it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, we've been talking with some people, and it turns out that this seems to be the girl that they had in the fluff piece during Christmas.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. A lot of people are finding out that I actually had some guys from the, uh, Raleigh group go back, and they're like, oh, yeah, if you go back to the Christmas piece, you know, here's this little excerpt of, you know, the girl who's, you know, almost like one of the ghosts of Christmas, right?
1: Hmm. Okay, I'll have to reread that.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, read the fluff. It actually gives you spoilers for what's getting released. And day two, we ended up having this really interesting fish captain, and what the hell was that guy's name? Or that person's name? It might be a woman, I don't know. But yeah, Yukai, right? Yep. So he's got this real cool oriental vibe to it, almost like this, you know, standing crane pose or something. I don't, don't even know. Don't say that it's really cool. I know you don't
1: like that oriental-looking models.
0: Actually, I think that that one looks pretty cool.
1: <laughs> well, I've heard you rip on Bushido models many times for well, their that, that's,
0: that's because I don't like the Bushido models, but <laughs> that model looks pretty cool.
1: I just also thought it was a little bit racist-y.
0: I oh, don't know, it's just because I don't like the sculpts of that other game.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, so they, they're... What do you call those birds? Cor- Corm
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. anyway.
1: So it's uh, like these types of birds that like... I, I actually looked it up after we saw the model. And they're like these types of birds that they tie like a, a leash around its neck, so to speak. But they tie it a little bit tighter around the base of the neck so it can't swallow large fish all the way down huh. and so then like the people that are the fishermen have these birds go out and they swoop in and like catch fish and then they're able to take out the larger fish but then the birds can still eat the smaller fish
0: oh that's crazy
1: yeah it's kind of weird <laughs> that's Weir- a different weird one. different Asian way fishing
0: <laughs> if chris was a fisherman he would fish with I dynamite
1: would I, I might fish with dynamite <laughs> maybe i'll take up noodling i do live in the south now
0: and man, Chris, I know you were excited about day three when they revealed the uh, Butcher season four captain coming out.
1: Woo! Veteran Dude, that captain Boar.
0: That model looks sweet, and I just want to say that I called it right. When We interviewed Sherwin, and I was like, "Man, could you imagine if Boar was the captain?" And I was, I was like, "Called it, nailed it."
1: Yeah, that. Well, from a fluff perspective. This is really, really frustrating to me because, like, I hate Boar because he's a traitor and, like, ran like a bitch. Yeah. But from a gameplay perspective, I am very excited.
0: Well, and here's something you were talking about. It's like, well, here's the concerning thing, right? I If, if he's going to be the captain, somebody else is going to have to go.
1: Yeah, Filet's going to have to go. She's the captain right now.
0: And not only that, I was. And Ox has on... clearly
1: settled into his, I'm just going to be like this father figure role with Lane and all this kind of business. But the picture that I saw of this new vet captain, Boar, he lost an eye. So I'm guessing that we're seeing like Butcher Civil War II type situation coming on. Well, and, and he. Let me throw this at play. you,
0: Chris. Somebody on Twitter that I was reading and talking to. We're kind of like they made a call, to, and they're predicting this. They said that, I bet you the skull that's on his belt is Truffle's skull.
1: Hmm, that's an interesting idea.
0: Yeah, so maybe, like, he ended up having to kill the pig and maybe fillet to get the, get the captain Wait, title. there's
1: no way. That can't be right. Let me look this up. Because I swear that skull has horns on it. You know what... Abraham Lincoln said about the internet, always believe what's written on the internet.
0: That's right. Well, let's. See.
1: Oh, there are some tusks on it. Huh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, that could be a pig skull.
1: It could be. Well, let's see if... Does truffles have tusks on? Tru- truffles?
0: I don't know. You're the one that plays the butchers, man. Well, now I mean, now you... I'm
1: having to, like... I- I've never paid attention to that. This is like the episode of truffles The Office. Does... Truffles does have tusks. Okay. <laughs> huh. That's this is like the episode idea. of The
0: Office. Where they're like, does Stanley have a mustache? And they sit there and debate for like five minutes before he comes into work whether or not he has a mustache and nobody can remember.
1: Okay, so the second question that I have is, does this mean that the new captains are going to have new mascots?
0: Well, I saw you post today where you're like, I'd be okay without mascots. And I'm like, you're a monster.
1: No, I would rather just have more squatties.
0: See, I think the mascots are important. Are an important part of the game, though. I think without the mascots, you don't really have Guild Ball. You have just something else like Blood Bowl or something. Uh, it seems to work out
1: fine for the blacksmiths. So
0: see, but I don't know. To me, the blacksmiths kind of play weird, and I'm I, I'm not a huge fan of the blacksmiths just because I feel like they're missing that extra piece of fluff because they don't have that mascot. What?
1: No, I feel like they're better because they get more squatties.
0: I mean, but are they like winning a lot more games than other people because they don't have a mascot?
1: Well, I think they're really good. I, I think that, let's put it this way: it's not a disadvantage to them that they don't have a mascot.
0: I, it, I think it. I think it is though because not so they have a problem spreading out their influence anyways, and that extra squatty makes it where it's like there's just somebody not doing anything that activation. There's always one model.
1: As opposed to
0: having that somebody not doing anything always be your mascot. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of the mascots do stuff without influence or without, you know, a lot of investment into them. Like for example, I'm playing Union right now and coins just like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna give out a free influence and free bonus time and I'm gonna put a gang up on somebody. Yeah,
1: for me, Princess is Maybe I get princess on a model before I have to activate boiler, but usually there's some urgency in activating boiler. So, most times I don't even get the benefit of princess being out there. I tell,
0: I tell you what though, something that's cool with princess in season 4 though is the fact that princess does like so much extra damage if you walk away from it now.
1: Yeah. Well, I do It's like, like r-
0: it's like ridiculous, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what that's what people deserve. That's what you get for turning your back on my dog.
0: And what I'm really excited about is the captain that got revealed today was Steeljaw, which is the captain that's coming out season four for the Hunters.
1: Yeah, John probably had a boner in his man cave.
0: You know, you both were pretty ridiculous listening to this week just with being super excited about these captains that got revealed. And I'm just sitting here kind of like, can I see who the Union's going to get? Because I'm kind of digging the Union right now. Yeah,
1: veteran Captain Greed. You already I'm saw not, who the union's so gonna get. There's, there's surprise, like,
0: motherfucker. <laughs> well no, there's actually like this hot debate kinda going on right now with the union, and people are like, Well, I kinda want, you know, Greed riding a tortoise. That'd be cool as a captain. Or I kinda want, you know, Blackheart and Rage kind of mixed together for like a rageheart model.
1: Yeah, so um, that's fine that that's a debate, but I think that very solidly we have seen that Greed is gonna be the captain of that guild.
0: Can't we have both?
1: No, you can't have four captains. Why well, I not? mean the, in theory, the union. One day that could just happen in the guilds, <laughs> but I don't think that's what's going to happen this time around.
0: Well, that sucks.
1: No, I think that it's <laughs> better, because the last time Rage got brought up in the general meta, people had a fucking cow. So <laughs> maybe if we just don't bring them up, people aren't going to have freakouts. Okay.
0: Well, we'll see. So, yeah, any... Uh... Any bold predictions, Chris? I mean, with this captain stuff coming out, like, I mean, it's just a really exciting time for the game, and I feel like there's a lot of buzz around it. And and this was just a bomb that was dropped by Steamforge on Monday. There was no warning. It was like, just surprise, motherfuckers.
1: Yeah, so predictions. Um, I'm going to kill a lot of shit with Boar. That's <laughs> prediction number one. Nice. <laughs> Maybe, you know what I would love to see with Boar is like that, slick with blood thing that was the old school uh card the guild identity card
0: yeah for the um uh the big league
1: yeah yeah so if if they had that slick with blood ability on him somehow to like
0: yeah and for people that haven't played the big league it was a pretty cool uh card where when you killed a model it created a three inch fast ground around where that model was yeah that would be really cool to see
1: yeah that would be awesome I would love that.
0: So maybe, I mean, what
1: I'm anticipating is I think this new Boar model, um, hopefully he's able to be very useful with some of the models that we haven't been seeing a lot, like Meat Hook, and uh, let's see him do things. Because the one thing that you aren't really able to do is you have right now Captain Ox, which gives that aura buff to all of his guys. And you have Filet that can run out there and go catch up to people and do some damage. You don't really have a captain that's able to throw models in other people's faces. And I think that with the conversation we had with Sher- Sherwin about how like crazy and foaming at the mouth the Butchers would be with Boar at the helm. I think that that's a reasonable thing to expect that there's going to be this foaming at the mouth type of a team that he puts out there and hopefully with the models that we don't see a lot of. And so we'll have just have more choices.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to echo what you're saying there. I think that Steamforge I'm hoping that with these new captains coming out, that they are kind of in the mindset of this model that we're having come out with the, all these guilds that they're going to really, the models that are not seeing play right now are really going to benefit from these new models coming out. So like, for example, Looking at the hunters, uh, this steel jaw model, hopefully, like maybe one of the herns, you know, goes really well with this model, or maybe, you know, you see egret get more play, or you see another model that just isn't getting as much light right now get played with this new captain. So it's, I'm just hoping that whatever these captains do, they're going to give some depth to the guild and also make some of those models that we don't see right now be a lot more playable because it, it just it's going to make the game a lot more interesting. And I think another question we have is how quick are these models going to come out? Because, I mean, it seems like they got them loaded and ready to go. And I'm just wondering, like, okay, are we going to see these in well, the are summer? They,
1: are they loaded in China and ready to go? Or are they loaded oh, at the Steam Warehouse?
0: Are they on a boat in the Bermuda Triangle ready to go? <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's a question. It's right now, like, uh, I mean, when are we going to see these captains? Are we going to see them soon? Are we going to see them at SteamCon? Like, when are these fuckers coming out?
1: Okay, so another couple things about these captains that come to mind is, one, it makes sense why they expanded the team rosters to 12. I think a lot of people are like, why would they do that? Now, you can basically take the whole team. There's no choice to who you take on your 12. Yeah. I think that they're going to expand it that way. And it makes me think that you're going to be able to take all three captains in those lists where there's going to be more of the captain choice aspects to the game. So I hope that you're able to take all three captains. I hope that they don't just limit it to uh, to two. And the reason why is I think that with certain matchups we see that someone's in a situation where they get put into... Uh, almost a prisoner's dilemma, like if I choose this this captain and they choose that one, then they're clearly going to have an advantage or vice versa if we choose the opposite. And so you're playing like this game of chickens with your opponent. So I hope that they have all three so then there's like multiple options and multiple pairings that you can see with your opponents. I I would really, really like to see that. The second is I really, really hope that this means that they are giving new captains to the minor guilds as well. I think that there's that's been a major liability for the minor guilds, that they only have one captain choice, and it really limits their playstyles. So I hope that reveal to come is more minor guild captains in addition.
0: So I also think something we need to think about with these new releases coming out is when these captains do come out, I really hope that they sell these models individually because I think it would be a really big mistake for Steamforged to put these in like one or two boxes. Like I'm I'm just praying they put them in blisters and and put them up for sale because if I got to buy a box with like eight different models in it, I'm going to be pretty pissed about it.
1: What if they go what if they do this? What if they they have them as like smaller packs where it's like Okay, so for example, take take my my models with the butchers, right? What if they do Veteran Captain Boar lane as our new rookie model and then the two models that we can take from the cooks. So like it's like a four man box, that's an upgrade box.
0: That would be fucking smart. Like that would be that would be really slick and I mean I don't like I said I don't know when they're planning on dropping these, but if they could put the put this new captain with the rookie with the crossover models that would be a really slick box and that would make a ton of sense and it would make it also very viable to to new players and that's something i think i've seen new players struggling with right now and you could even throw the veteran models from the last boxes that came out right now people are searching for those veteran models Oh, and you know what?
1: That that's the that's the answer, Pete. Like that's how you make a six man box. You do the new captain, you do the two crossover models, you do the new rookie model. You add in the the thirteenth model that was the one they had to buy in the six man yeah, random bro, like, sets. Yeah. And then you add a mascot if if mascots are coming, right? So like then you would actually be able to buy a third six man box and that is
0: playable. It, and that would be really slick. Yeah. And Okay, that, that, that would be a good cause, idea. Cuz look at right now, people are trying to buy like Veteran Cinder and people are trying to get all these veteran models and they're not available to buy really anymore online. So people are on this secondary market looking for these, you know, solo models kicking around and I'm sure it's like if you're looking to play Blacksmith right now and you can't get a hold of Veteran Cinder, it's it's got to be very frustrating that you just can't have this awesome model because where the fuck is it?
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully, in the, some of the play packs and stuff, they resculpt her bald ass anyway, and because I'm not a big fan of how that model looks, <laughs> yeah, gold ass they, looking, they, you're bad. able to get the single.
0: Yeah, and I think that would be a really slick thing, and it it would it would be a really smooth way to do it. I think.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Really I, I would I would like to see that because that would make a lot of sense where you could just buy, you know, a third box, and it just kind of has some of these weird upgrade pieces. So, but all within the same guild. Cause yeah, those, those six man boxes where it was randomized guilds and you had to like, find a way to make it work with your buddies and, or get the store to break them up. But then you need four of them. So then it costs the same amount as just buying the whole box. Like that, all of that stuff was just a pain in the ass. So I, I really hope that they've learned from that and they just put together these tight, uh, tight little boxes that are new captain, rookies, crossover models, that sort of thing. Cause I yeah, I would it, like to see like a like a roast sculpt that is specifically for the butchers instead of the one that we've already seen in the box or the limited cool. edition one.
0: Let me ask you this, Chris How do you feel that the miners minor guild is going to be available to buy before your cook's guild?
1: I mean, that's some bullshit. <laughs> I, I uh, you yeah. know what, it, you know what, it smacks of though to me. Like when I when I hear that, I What's feel that? like maybe they realized that there was something broken in the cooks that they needed to fix, and they were I like, "Okay, well, whoa, 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 we gotta we gotta slow our roll on this because we gotta tweak these cooks. There's a problem with them."
0: And I don't know if that's right though because I think I remember reading somewhere. I think Jamie perkins responded to somebody that said that very same thing and i think he said it had like nothing to do with like power creep or nothing to do with balance like i think he said it wasn't on the developer side so i think there was another reason that they maybe haven't released to people yet but the bermuda I triangle i don't think that was it i think it was something else that that they're working on or they had to hold off because of
1: jamie's just doing this to spite me
0: Probably, you know, I, I think those Steamforge guys love dicking with you, Chris. They do. Uh, I know they <laughs> do for
1: a fact, because they love dicking with me, like, in person at SteamCon.
0: Yeah. So. So, But we got these two, uh, two cool miners that we can talk about.
1: Okay, great. Let's talk about them.
0: So, yeah, the first one we got is Spade. And I tell you what, Spade looks like a pretty outstanding striker to me.
1: Oh, you mean, like, a model that can just get away from everybody? Yeah, I would imagine so.
0: Or engage a model and go make them give you the ball? Sure.
1: Yeah. That. I mean, well, either way you want to look at it. So let's see here. Spade. We're... So
0: I think the first and most important thing is that if you look at Spade's card, the best character play that resonates with me right now is she has a character play called Diggy Hole. And that is freaking amazing because I I was introduced to Diggy Diggy Hole by Sherwin and Don't Touch the Beard. To and I think I'm going to play the song real quick here. <laughs> but...
1: <Nope>. Damn it.
0: <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, they introduced me to the song where, you know, it's a bunch of dwarves digging a hole, and now we got this cool spade model who is going to be Diggy Diggy Hole all over the place. Okay, so
1: between this this D hole character play, and the trait on the back with the guild rule, the secret tunnel guild rule. Yep. yep. I mean, it's like you have a model that's got two combined, you know, uh, shadow likes. It's it's
0: just. I, it's better. It's better than shadow like.
1: Yeah, it's better. It's better than shadow like because it's not a dodge. It's a placement. So there's just so much that they can do as far as getting around. Do not be fooled. Somebody that would be new or less experienced to the game might be fueled by thinking like, oh, this model doesn't have a lot of movement. It's only a 4 six. No, 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 no. If anything, it has drastically more movement because it's able to go further than a shadow like, and it's a placement instead of a dodge, and it can do it two times. Yep. so you're seeing in reality something like a model that has a it's
0: like an extra six inches of movement a little more
1: well not yeah so it's like six let's let's do the math here um, I don't want to do the math it's it, it, it's it's more than six inches of movement just in the placements yeah so you're talking about it like a 12 inch move model for two influence
0: yep sucks yeah it's it's pretty good and not only that, it doesn't set off any counter charges. It doesn't set off anything that wants to, you know, mess with your dodges. Its its placements are really slick. Like if you if you haven't played with like Mother before, or I don't know, what's another model that pl- is Mother the only one that places it's the Rat Swarm now, uh, Vile Swarm places now. Uh, placement effects are really cool, and you can do some really slick things with them.
1: Yeah, the only thing that I I I mean, I take some solace in the fact that obviously she won't be able to kill anything to save her life. Nope. So, that's good, I guess. But, I don't like that this controlled explosion character play, you don't even have to hit with it. You just get to do it. Yeah, just happens.
0: Yeah, so, because I I can really see some cool things with this. Like, for example, you do your your 2-inch placement at the beginning of your activation. Mm-hmm. And then you pick a model and you push them two inches towards you. You have a two-inch reach. You have a tackle on one that's momentous. So you tackle the ball away. And if there's a bunch of people in front of you, you can just go ahead and dig a hole out of there. Or you can just run or charge somebody and then go kick a goal in. It's like there's so much jank you could do with this model. It's just it looks extremely fun.
1: Yeah. See, and what I was imagining is – you get to secret tunnel to a model that you need to attack. Maybe they're a one-inch reach or something like that. You have your two-inch melee. And then you tackle the, the ball, controlled explosion, another model that is otherwise in your way for a goal run, Yep, diggy hole-like. And then <laughs> you're able to move where that model got pushed out of your way. And go kick a goal. Like, there's just a lot of options. She's very influence efficient for form. Clo- and she has
0: close control too, which is always nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot that she has working for her. And I I honestly feel like maybe the diggy hole or the controlled explosion should be like cost two or something like that. Especially with controlled explosion not requiring to hit. So I feel like she's a little bit too influence efficient, but I'll tell you what, this model should move this box off the shelves and it should sell these
0: new miners because she's well, gonna and, be good. And not only that though, she's a pretty hardy model. Like if you look at her, she's a four defense, one armor. Mm-hmm. And she has fifteen boxes. I mean, which she's is better than average, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say she's a stocky model. She's not gonna be super easy to kill.
1: Yeah. So that's what you're looking at. The the four attack is awesome, given the fact that her playbook is really mostly a three wide playbook. Like it it, it is four, but what I'm saying is rarely are you gonna choose matter. that two damage that does no momentum. <laughs> yeah. So you're really looking at on one I get my tackle, which I want, and then the one that's that's awesome is the push dodge on three, so you know
0: it, yeah, I think, I think she's going to be the one. Like, she can get you a goal because she has all the jank. But I also think those people that can kill the ball really hard, she's the model that can go in, dig that out, and then get it back to your team.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that she will be able to do that.
0: You know, so, it's almost like it's almost like Steamforge is like, I'm tired of all this ball-killing bullshit that the Americans do. Let's get a bunch of tech out there to fuck that up.
1: Yeah, and I, I like that because it keeps it, – it makes people – It puts people in the situation where they're like, okay, well, I have to score. I can't just kill the ball. So I I better do something with it, or I better kill someone. I I like that they're taking away this element because it means that it's a play style that isn't going to be as prevalent, and then I don't have to deal with it with my butchers or my one-day cooks.
0: Yeah. Okay, and she's just... I'm really excited to see her on the pitch. She's going to be a a cool addition to the to the to the game for sure. And the other model that we had that we saw revealed is Fuse. Fuse is First off, I love that Fuse has no legs. He's got he's got <laughs> these Lieutenant Dan, you know, mechanical legs. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we got Fuse. He's kind of an interesting character and all of his momentum is tackles and dodges and pushes. Just like he has, yep, he does have some uh, some non-momentous damage and a knockdown, so he does have that going for him. Uh, he's kind of a slow model, but I think with all these miners, you're going to see them that they're slower just because of the place that they get to do. Yeah,
1: which actually means that they're faster, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, he's also a 4-1. He's got 16 boxes, so he's another tough model that's going to be a little more difficult to kill. Uh, he has a couple of really interesting character plays. He has clear which is an AOE, and any mo- enemy models that are hit are placed within one inch of their current location. So, yeah, you get hit with this, you just get blasted back, which is which is a really cool idea. I like that they added that. And or they blasted have, forward so he can get to you. That too. And then they have under the lines, which, once again, you choose an enemy model within three inches and place this model in base contact with the chosen enemy model. Yep. So, yeah. It's like... Just all this repositioning shenanigans is like you almost can't play a scrum team against this the way it's looking like because they're just going to bop around you and they're going to place you where you don't want to be. And it just seems like a nightmare for teams that want to scrum up.
1: Yeah, like a whole team of scalpels.
0: <laughs> yeah, except for maybe not as severe. Oh, that's annoying. I don't- yeah, I think I think that's a good word for it. I think they're going to be definitely definitely annoying to deal with. Uh, let's see here. On the back of his card, he has this cool uh, character trait called Remote Detonation. So okay. once per turn during this model's activation, if there's a free ball within six inches of this model, this model may kick it as if it had possession of the ball. Kick distance and ball path is of this kick is measured from the current location of the free ball. So, yeah, he can pretty much... So he's I mean, Ferris. Yeah, except for more range, right? Yeah. And okay. the cool thing is it's a kick, so, I mean, you could kick a goal, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can kick a goal.
0: And then lastly, he has Sapper's Instincts, which he gets plus two defense against enemy character plays. That's the
1: best part. Because now all those, like, rangy character play type models, they're just not able to touch him, Because he you need to hit sixes.
0: Yeah, he's a six-one. Yeah. Well, the one do- the one doesn't matter against character plays, but yeah, he's a six defense against that.
1: Yeah, that's a tremendously bitchy situation to deal with.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the other models that they have are like easy to hit. So I don't know. We'll see. Like they have a tank that they have, and they have this huge robot that they have. So those models are going to be super easy to hit. You think? Well, why wouldn't they be? I don't
1: know. Maybe they're going to do some shit like at the end of our activation, they're underground, so you can't hit them. I don't know what they're (laughs) going to do with these fuckers.
0: They do have a mole as a mascot.
1: Yeah, well, guess what? They're a whole bunch of miners, so they can all apparently go underground and use secret tunnels.
0: I think it was funny, though, because they showed the picture of the new models painted up, and people were actually like pissed. They're like well, they're, the metal used to paint these models, it's too clean. They should be dirty and all these weathering effects. And it's like, dude, they just painted the models so you could see what they look like. It, it's not like it has to be like these super fluffy looking miners that are dirty as hell.
1: Isn't Angel the one that's like the studio
0: painter for Steamforge he, now? He, he is, but I don't think he painted the miners. I think somebody in-house painted them real quick just so they could... Uh, they could put the picture out there.
1: Well, I was going to say, if somebody's criticizing Angel's work, shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I guess it would I'd be Ong
1: Hill. Is that... He's Spanish, right?
0: Um, sure. <laughs> okay. I guess so. E-
1: either way, like, yeah, so, okay, go correct that when you paint your models. I-, I just love how, like, everything, even things that don't matter have to be a bitch fest.
0: Yeah, so this Miner Guild I'm super excited for, and this is the first Miner Guild I think I might play religiously.
1: Oh.
0: I have the Rat Catchers, which are super sweet, but I feel like they're missing a little something right now. So I haven't been... <laughs> like a I captain. <laughs> see, I just... I feel like looking at these two cards for the Miners, like, I can see some different paths to victory, but right now the way that the Rat Catchers are set up... You're just scoring goals, and it, it's tough to do anything else with that team. So,
1: Well, I, I I'll tell you what. I haven't seen the captain for these guys yet, but I'm really, really hoping that it's a support captain because if it's a super solo captain that can just score like Shark or something crazy like that, that's really going to suck because these two models <laughs> are already amazing. Yeah. And so if you just have – I mean, could you imagine if, if you had Shark and Flint – on one team because that's that's what would happen if their captain is like some super solo that's able yeah. to score. Spade is like Flint.
0: I mean except better with, than Flint. Yeah, except, except for with its
1: reach, right? So yeah, <laughs> it's it this could be really, really shitty if this team isn't balanced right. Yeah. Just yes, based on what I'm seeing. Like I mean, hopefully they're putting out the strongest two models early to hype the minor guild but the the idea of all of them kind of being this way and never being able to pin them down or kill them like i'm not i don't find that as appealing well i I think that it it takes away an entire side of the game
0: well these first two models that we see chris are the crossover models so these are the two models that can play for the engineers
1: okay yeah that seems annoying
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, looking at these two models, though, do you think they're going to add that much more to the engineers than what they already have?
1: Yeah, I'd like to have Flint and Velocity on one team. I mean, because... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell what, you what. Uh, that's what it is, right?
0: Well, because if you have if you have Spade, you can bring Vet Velocity to help with your takeout game. And you don't even need to bring the regular velocity, right? Yeah,
1: or you bring both of them and you score like a maniac. But either way, I mean, like, yes, I think that they're improvement.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And actually, kind of since we're on the topic, Engineers had a super strong weekend. I think they ended up winning the Las Vegas Open. And then they also ended up winning Bonescon in England, I think. That's kind of weird. They actually they actually had a mirror match, engineers and engineers, in the finals. Oh, that's weird. I'm yeah, surprised people, by that. Well, I think people are starting to adjust a little bit, and they're playing this list that actually scrums up really well, and they bring Gutter in to kind of finish models off. Okay. Because Gutter is one of the models you can take from the union right now. So I think that's a list that people have been having success with. And it's been interesting to kind of follow it along on uh, on a lot of these different tournament scenes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I take the Bonescon finish with more weight than the Las Vegas Open finish. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just because I feel like Western U.S. is kind of, like, weird.
0: Well, not only that, but I feel like, and I I heard a couple other podcasts talking about that this week where Las Vegas Open wasn't advertised very well for the West Nationals. Like, you think if you had like a U.S. West Nationals, that you should be able to slam at least thirty or forty people into that tournament, and you should be able to put like sixty in there. What are you talking? Well, about? that and that's what I'm saying. But the week bef- like, it was the week running up to that tournament, and a lot of people had like very little or no information about like actually, this event. Well,
1: the, just based on the distribution of how people play guild ball in the U.S., it's it doesn't make sense to me that they've done it east and west. They should be doing it north-south. Because, well, first of all, it just makes more sense for the distribution of players, right? Like, the eastern side of the U.S. has way more than the western side of the U.S. Yeah. Whereas the northern side of the U.S. and the southern side of the U.S., are way more balanced, and there's an inherent there's an inherent north south rivalry <laughs> in the sense of like well, those guys that you, intentionally come down and try and put together their northern aggression teams and stuff.
0: Well, and even if you don't do north and south like U uh, S. national tournaments, you could do like an east and like Midwest. I I just feel like because the Midwest actually has like a lot of players. Like there's a lot of players in Texas. Uh, A lot of players in Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois. Uh, You also got just a bunch of players out in, like, Colorado. And you even got your buddies out there in Utah. And then, of course, you got some sprinkled up and down the West Coast. But, yeah, I definitely feel like the closer you get to the East Coast and the Midwest, the more players that you find.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that.
0: Like, you can just go on Longshanks and look at, like, registered players in each state and like, there's a bunch of those states out west where I look, and it's like, man, I mean, they're struggling to get, you know,
1: fifteen a player people. rated.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. So, the, so I, I just wish that it would change that. I wish that it would be more about the distribution of players, and then we wouldn't have a situation. And and I, I, I don't like to do this because obviously I love a lot of those guys that are out there. Like, yeah, there's in a lot the of west. good players out there. Yeah, like like I, I, I love the guys from Utah and stuff, but. And I don't want to minimize someone's win at the Las Vegas Open. Like, that's a real tournament, and that's a... That's there are there some good players like, there, for Like, sure. I want that person to be proud of their, their Western Championship win. But when I look at, hey, this is like an unadvertised tournament that no one knows anything about, and we're just going to throw a Western Championship on it, but then I look at another event like Bourbon Trail Open... How's that spring fling? Like there are all these other ones that get way more turnout, have a way more competitive player base and are much more reflective of a championship.
0: Yeah. And I mean, those events are run by pundits and that's not even anything that's like officially like something from steam forge. So it's like, how come those events have so much more people and i think the answer is just advertising word of mouth credibility just that people well, then, that then use
1: your pundits
0: right like, well, like that's what I'm this saying. is why steamforge has their pundits like so that they can build these
1: communities use that to your advantage when you have pundits and like i'm not trying to like rip on steamforge at all i think steamforge does a great job of being very adaptive to the community but use Put the your community pundits. on it yeah yeah like i mean i'm just i'm just over here thinking to myself i'm like if your pundits are able to put together a better event than you, use that to your advantage and use that as some sort of a championship level type thing, right? So then instead of it being, uh, how many people played in the Las Vegas Open?
0: Uh, what was it like 19 or something?
1: Yeah, so instead of having a championship with 19 people, you're about to have Bourbon Trail, Old Jake's House, That, and Spring Fling. Just within a few months... And all of them are going to have sixty plus players in it. You're telling well, me Bur- that-
0: Bourbon Trail is capped out at like forty something because of space. Oh, because yeah. of
1: space. But well, but in the past they've had sixty, right? So like the point is, even at forty or whatever, it's still double the turnout.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Spring Fling and how's that? They're going to have at least you know forty to sixty people there. So yeah, I, I agree. And it's like you could have you could have put a, a pundit or a group of pundits in charge of that event. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe there was a pundit in charge of it. And maybe they just didn't have enough time to, you know, get that thing going because I don't know what the timing window is like, but it's one of those things where if you want a big turnout for an event like that, you got to give people like months to plan out. Like, I don't know about you, Chris, but I can't, I can't drop, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, with just a month's notice or whatever.
1: Yeah, I can't do that.
0: Yeah. I got to have some planning. So it's like, give me, you know, at least a few months to you know, look it over and, you know, give me some hotel options and, you know, it's one of those things where you just need more time and I think something, a good example of this is actually the East Canadian Championships in Montreal. That's going to pop up here, I I don't have the date in front of me, but, you know, it's months out. Wait, Canada
1: gets an East and West Championship too?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the one in Montreal, I mean, it's 40 bucks Canadian and... They got food provided with it. There's already like a bunch of people signed up. I think over 30 people signed up and it just opened up like a couple days ago. And I'm talking to some people up like in New York and be like, hey, you guys going to this thing? I'm, I'm pretty interested in it. And with that much time, I can actually maybe set up some, you know, flights and hotels and some travel arrangements with people to go to that thing. And I just I couldn't do it with the Las Vegas Open. There wasn't enough time. I was already signed up for Bourbon Trail and already had money spent. Yeah, so well, how hopefully- much?
1: How you said forty bucks Canadian? How much is that in like real money?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know, thirty bucks maybe. I don't know what the what the rate's going, but I I think it's <laughs> something like that. Okay. I don't know if we got a if we got a Canuck listening. Let us know what the conversion rate is. Yeah. <laughs> but I know I know it's it's cheaper, and even if it was forty dollars American, you know, to get your meal included with the two day tournament, that's that's a pretty sweet deal.
1: Well, do you at least get a meal each day?
0: Yeah. Okay, yep.
1: that's pretty good. So at least and you could like sustain I think, life.
0: I think if I heard right, it's like Canadian chicken, whatever that is.
1: Okay, as long as it isn't freaking Taco Bell, like what you tried to do to me last year.
0: Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: so we got these tournaments that went down. We talked about captains. We talked about the new minors. Do we want to teach people how to get
0: good? All right, so we got get good time, which looking at it, we thought today something interesting for new players to think about and even some seasoned players is making the decision like when to kick off and when to receive because back in season three and and prior, the decision was almost always to receive. Very few people decided to kick off when they won the roll off. However, we're in a new season and kickoff actually has a lot of viability right now. So Chris, just looking at it, if you win the roll off, what goes through your head when you're deciding if you're going to kick or receive,
1: uh, do I have a model that can kick off so that it gets up the board? And then when my opponent gets the ball, if they can immediately go and take it and score, Okay, that's overwhelmingly the thing that I look at. So, so the, the models like Shark, Scotha, the ones that immediately are a threat as soon as they move up to kick off, those are the models that I'm like, okay, these are good choice for kicking off with.
0: Yeah. What, yeah goes, and what goes
1: through your head? Is it similar?
0: It's a little similar. I actually, so most of the time in season four, I actually prefer to kick. There's not a ton of times where I actually like, oh man, I really want to receive, um, and it's, I think the main reason is because a lot of people, now that you get one momentum yes, that makes a big when difference. you kick, you can now aggressively kick with somebody like shark or like scalpel or mist and be like, okay, even if you do something to my kickoff piece, I can now react and, you know, stand back up if I get knocked down or I can use momentum to do something and you know, whatever. But so you're sort of like, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Exactly. Easy there, Chumbawamba. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I think the main thing is I want to kick to, so when I decide to kick, it's not only because I think that maybe I can go get the ball off them anyways and score, but it's also to deny somebody the opportunity of setting up their strong piece in the middle of the board. And I, I really think of like Thresher and Scalpel when I'm talking about that, because Thresher in the middle of the board after he kicks off is brutal. Like if you haven't played against Season Four Thresher kicking off the ball, it can be really tough to deal with that model because he has last activation. He's gonna get into somebody most times, and it's he's gonna get enough momentum to go first, and then he's gonna take out a model. So it, it's really tough to deal with Season Four Thresher when he kicks off. And then Scalpel, when she kicks off, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, that bitch is going all over the place. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, a lot of times I kick off to deny those models the opportunity to get up the board. Okay. Like, there, there's a big difference between, like, Thresher starting in the middle of the pitch and Thresher starting on his back line. Okay. So, that's that's one thing I like to look at is, is there a model that I don't want to see up in my face Okay, I need to kick off then. Or do I want the last activation? Okay, then I want to kick off.
1: All right, that makes sense.
0: Um, If you're kind of a killy team, so like if you're Butchers or if you're maybe uh, even like Union or just somebody like that, a lot of times a killing like Captain, like a super killing Captain like Thresher or a super killing Captain like Scalpel or I I don't know. You can think of Filet. She loves kicking off. They love getting into a model, that last activation, holding them hostage, and then killing them at the top of turn two. It's just, it's really good.
1: Yeah, I I think that, I agree with that. So I'm trying to think about, like, what characteristics, because the the whole point of this get good segment is... So that we can give people advice that helps them get better, especially if, more casual you, players or more
0: if you have a fast super solo captain. Okay. You you're gonna love kicking off.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That that's probably a good way to do it because whether or not that captain is like I, I'll kick off with Filet for sure. The whether or not like, that captain is a takeout piece or a scoring piece, I think the key is that they're fast and that yeah, you can, like, they can do a lot on their own. So, yeah, fast, super solo captain, that is probably the best
0: advice. Like you look at Scatha. Scatha is so freaking ridiculous kicking off that if, if you kick off with Scatha, there's no, almost no way you should not get a turn one goal because you can just load her up, just kick the ball right down the middle, beg them to kick it to somebody, and then just go get the ball off them. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's super ridiculous with her threat range. So just any model that's fast, like you said, and then can use a full stack of influence for some kind of gain is just really dangerous in the kicking off game right now. And
1: the other thing that you need to consider as well is you're also able to kind of force your opponent's activations a little bit, because obviously with a model like that, they're not going to want to keep that ball free. So, you're forcing them and you're almost able to choose which model it is that you're forcing them to activate, to bring out, to go get that ball. Yeah. And that, that, that becomes a big problem for a lot of models. And I, I like that, especially with, I'll I'll use fillet as the example, because that's the one I know best, right? If I'm able to take fillet and I'm able to kick off to a certain side, choosing the model that's on that wing or whatever, that's going to have to come out and, and get that ball and then won't be able to get back far enough and I can get fillet into that model.
0: That's a big problem. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then also I think if you're a team that likes to deny your opponent, like the opportunity to generate momentum, or if you're a team that likes to kind of kill the ball and kind of play your game just and wait for your four takeouts before you score a goal. Those are the teams that you want to receive with. So like, in season four, I'm thinking of teams like Hammer-led team likes to sit on the ball. Uh, if you're playing Rage, Rage likes to sit on the ball. Um, who else? Uh, Alchemist likes to sit on the ball. There's a lot of teams that like would love to sit on the ball. Hell, even Butchers with Ox in that stupid Tenderizer Countercharge bubble mm-hmm. just loves to park the ball in the back of the line, be like, come get it, you're going to have to go through my killing bubble and... You're gonna die before you get to this ball.
1: Yeah, that there's yeah, there's some problems with that. So, the, I think that that's going to be changing in the sense of like people parking the ball like that. I think that Spade and Fuse are good examples of how that game style is going to change. So I don't know. I agree with you, Pete, on that advice. Currently, I don't know how long that advice will last. As it relates to whether or not Steam Forge is going to try and do away with that playstyle, yeah. So we'll 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 see. But I but I agree, and I'm kind of thinking that as time goes by, we're going to see that more and more teams want to kick off because even teams that don't have super solo captains like that, there. I'll give you a great example: the Morticians, right? That vet hem, hemlock model is a great option to kick off with. Even if you're not talking about bringing scalpel out there, yeah. And so, I I think that more and more teams are going to find that they have a model like that that's able to create a lot of problems by getting out there, and more people are going to choose that kickoff game early on.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's kind of funny to see how fast that has switched, right? Because. Looking at it, like we said, people didn't do that in season three and before. And now you just have so many teams that just would rather kick off.
1: Yeah. Well, and part of it, too, is that Longshanks affects that, right? Like, So Longshanks now is tracking that. And so as soon as somebody – because there's a whole bunch of drones out there that are going to be like, hey, this guy won this tournament and kicked off every time – so now I think kicking off is the best way to play, or at least is viable. And so I feel like by shakes tracking that statistic now, that has helped to move the needle toward that direction as well.
0: Yeah, and you can actually look at it, like, if you go to the captain section and you look at some of these players, like, you can see the percentage of times that they kicked off and, like... How many people won, and it's just really kind of interesting to to look at that. And I'm gonna pull up this one. Are most I'm people
1: kicking afraid. off with ballista right now?
0: Um, I mean, I would imagine so. Like, if we go back and look at the Las Vegas Open,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, because obviously they had the engineers playing in that, right? So, um. Let me look at this real quick because this is actually kind of interesting. So I'm actually looking at (laughs) interesting. I'm actually looking at a lot of these engineer games, and I'm seeing the engineer player actually receiving, but I don't know if that's by their choice. Oh, that's
1: that's another thing that we aren't able to know, right? So,
0: I mean, like for example, in this game, the guy that won it, you know, John. I'm going to say Clow, but that might not be the right way to pronounce his name, but. Uh, it's the guy that won the, the Las Vegas Open. And everything I hear, he's a great player. So, uh, once again, not taking anything away from him with this tournament. But he played against Scotha in round one and he, he won 12 10, and he received. And I don't know if that's his choice or if that's the Scotha player's choice. Because if I was Scotha, I would totally kick off the Engineers and I would just go get it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that we, we don't know. Like, you can't tell who won that choice. Yeah, but it's cool. I do like that they're showing that now because it does give you a good idea of like how people are thinking and how successful they are uh, uh, with it. So yeah,
1: yeah. We'll see, other, we'll see how that goes.
0: Any other things that you think might go into choosing like kicking and receiving?
1: No, no. I I, I just think that it's more viable. So those people that are more casual or newer. Just consider doing that more often. Practice it. Try it out.
0: Yeah, and kicking, I'm telling you, I'm a big fan of kicking. So if you want to screw me over, you can always choose to have me receive and then I make bad decisions sometimes.
1: Thanks for telling everybody that. That's not going to fuck up our representation in our meta, Pete.
0: (laughs) That'll be okay. I ain't scared.
1: Yeah, I know. That's a problem.
0: You're (laughs) going to – you should be.
1: Yeah, it runs in the name Pete. Pete Carroll, Pete Kane. They like making <laughs> choices like that.
0: That's fair. <laughs> I'm a, I'm dude, I'm telling you, I'm really excited to be on I I was almost discouraged from playing Union because I played against hunters against you and, and I kicked your ass. If you consider twelve ten kicking my ass. Sure. I do.
1: I do consider it an ass kicking.
0: So <laughs> I was sitting there like, man, I really missed A hundreds. win's a win. I haven't
1: beaten you in a little while, Pete, and I've taken
0: it. No, I mean, man, when was the last time you beat me? What are you talking mm. about? Last week. <laughs> I mean before Hunters versus I, Union.
1: <laughs> I mean before that. Dude, so that Hunters – so for those that are listening, that Hunters versus Union game that we played, right, like, I only played those Hunters because Pete was needing the practice for, like – his union team. So he brought Blackheart into it, and we've kind of decided that Rage is probably a better drop into that. But uh, it just felt like the Hunters had all sorts of options. Like, I felt like I had so many ways that I could potentially win that game through takeouts or scores or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, and I I was telling you, I was like, I don't even think I played it that bad. Like, I feel like I played it good enough to win, but... You were kind of like, oh well, I'm gonna tr- see if I can go for like a score here or something. And I was like, like get the ball off you and do this. And I was like, why don't you just kill Hemlock with the bear? Because he's she's next to a trap, and you can just trigger the trap and then kill me.
1: Yeah, it was it, like it was kind of a shit show on my end because like I don't know hunters really well. Like I obviously you and John play hunters a lot, so like I see them, so I can take advantage of when somebody makes a mistake with their hunters but I don't know how to perfectly activate them and things. So, like, there was all sorts of shit that I was, like, forgetting, like, Cena's Tough Hide or the Mark for Death with uh, Vet Minx and, you know, like, things that actually, like, would have made it even stronger for me. But it was just, it was a good matchup. I I don't think well, that, uh, I think I that's think Blackheart's the best drop into them.
0: Yeah, and I think that's also something that's kind of, like, along our Get Good segment, right, where it's, like, if you need practice into a matchup, don't just like be like, hey, I need you to play hunters and then have your buddy play hunters and not know what the hell they're doing. It's like have them play the guild that you need practice into, but then workshop it together to be like, this is what a hunter player would do here, and how am I gonna counter that?
1: Yeah, right? yeah. Don't don't you don't want the false sense of confidence by you being like, oh, I beat this person but it's because they didn't know what they were doing as far as how they activated and stuff like that, that that doesn't mean that you were better, right? It's yeah, better for and, you and, to be like, okay, no, 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 change this and do it this way because it's going to actually make it harder for me. Yeah, and-, and the
0: example in our game was you had Chaska and you misinterpreted what he could do. You were trying to boombox box twice. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, no, you can't do that. And you're like, okay, well then let, let me go back and do it this way. And I was like, yeah, cause that's what you would do if you were activating Chaska's and he pretty much went in and destroyed a model, which was, you know, fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or the other one that, that you did. And it was, it would actually, it was actually like a better learning experience for you is like, I wasn't counting Cena's tough hide. And so then you were like, Oh yeah, well, well like let's put on like three more, th- three more hit boxes. So then you could get the activation that you were expecting to get. Yeah. Instead of well, just yeah. being like, oh, yeah, I just killed him early.
0: Well, yeah, because you were like, oh, and he's dead. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, seen has tough hide. There's no way he's dead already. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I forget that because I don't play him.
0: I I know, I know. but And honestly, I think that was good for you too just because, I mean, that's a – Actually, I don't know, man. I mean, the more I play in this season, I feel like hunters are being played, but I don't – know. I feel like butchers are just like out playing – hunters right now. Like I feel like there's way more hunter or butcher's players than there are hunters or the, just right now.
1: The, yeah, but I think that there's other explanations for that. I think that I think people like the aesthetic better of the butchers. I think people like the personality of the guild. I think that there's certain big name players that are playing butchers and that moves the meta. I also feel like they're easier to play. Like they're more point and click than yeah you know, where you have to set up these combos with the hunters and, you know, that sort of thing. They're they're easier to get your head around if you're newer. So I think that that's a little bit deceptive. I don't think that it's because... I I think that the Butchers are better than they have been. They're better than they were in Season 3. But I don't think it's because they're disproportionately better than other top guilds. I think that... Uh, yeah, a, a good a good hunter's player and a good butchers player are gonna have a fairly even matchup. Whereas an average butchers player and an average hunter's player, it's gonna be a landslide for the butchers because they're just easier to use. So, yeah. I guess the advice there. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So. So I guess the advice there is that you know challenge yourself a little bit don't just go don't just try and choose the guild that's easy mode because you could actually get good with another guild that's comparable but is going to mean that you have options that other people don't realize
0: yeah so yeah and when you get in that dojo mentality like like we just said it's it's better to play against an optimal opponent than somebody who's kind of fumbling through it and doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, but I'm you're still counting this as an
1: ass kicking for Pete.
0: Sure. <laughs> sure, with Pete, with Pete coaching on the side.
1: Yeah, yeah. coaching against his team. It's fucking win. I'm taking the win. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, what I think. I think that that's all stuff for people to consider, right? Be more willing to kick off – be more willing to challenge yourself by taking a higher level player in your meta and workshopping through a matchup. I think that those are all good things that, that will help you get, get good.
0: Yeah. And in, in our meta, I probably do that more than any other type of gameplay, just because we do have a lot of new players in our meta. And obviously I, I probably play the most games. I shouldn't say probably, I play the most games out of our meta. So most of the times when I'm playing with somebody, unless I just tell them, like, hey, I'm just I'm going to play this straight up just because I want to see where I am, where I am with this team. Um, most of the time, I'm kind of helping them like that. Yeah, you want to do this instead? Like, like, I'll ask him, why are you doing that? And then what if you did this instead? Like, for example, I played Nick and he was, you know, we're doing a warm up game with Alchemist because he's going to Bourbon Trail with us and he was going to do crucible and he was going to come in and try to, you know, do the great balls of fire or whatever character play onto snake skin. And I was like, well, before you do this, remember that snake skin as beautiful and you're not going to be able to trigger that. And he was like, Oh shit. <laughs> so that, that made him have to figure out other ways to deal with that model in the ball. So it's just, like I said, when you, you're either the better player or you're the newer player, Working with somebody to figure out best activations and how you can deal with certain problems is, is a good way to go about it.
1: Yeah. Snakeskin could be a good add into those hunters.
0: That could be productive. Uh, depends. It well, depends. they have a lot
1: of rangy shit, and Snakeskin shuts that down.
0: Yeah, for sure. If uh, they're playing somebody like a Theron team, and they have like maybe Theron and Egret and some other bullshit, for Ch- sure. Chaska. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, that's lots to think about there.
0: So Bourbon Trail open is when Bourbon Trail opens next weekend. It's the uh, what is it the twenty third or whatever it is twenty third and twenty fourth. Yep, it's going to be a good time. John and I are going to go try to represent the podcast well. Yeah,
1: don't embarrass us.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go like two and three. Well, that would be embarrassing. That would be, but yep. not as embarrassing as one and five. <laughs>
1: Shout-out to Dan White. Yeah, Dan. Woo! <laughs> so, yeah. Second uh, Dreamcast. If J- if John goes, like, 1-5, <laughs> you know that Dan is going to have a freaking field day on his oh, podcast.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan's going to be watching. And, actually, I mean, let me look this up real quick. I think, is Dan coming to this tournament? Let me check this out real quick. Bourbon Trail? <laughs> yeah, I got to look. Oh, man. I want...
1: I want a front row seat to like a John versus Dan matchup in round one.
0: That that would be pretty funny.
1: Yeah, dude. If you need you need to make contact and see if they're like streaming dude, any any matchups, and then they need to uh, fix it so that John and Dan match up in round one. That'd be hilarious.
0: I, th- I thought Dan was signed up for this, but maybe he had to drop for some reason. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, maybe Dan had to drop. Because I, I think Dan's trying to come out to old Jake's, so maybe he decided to drop for um, this event so he could maybe do old Jake's.
1: Well, how's that? See how's that? There? Yep. Okay. Um, it's the two OGs. We've been talking for over an hour. Are we done here?
0: I think we are. Any other kind of uh, parting blows or anything else that you want to – Put on the podcast before we uh, get the hell out of here. Um, oh, yeah. Well, let's let's add this. You're planning on adding some more
1: content to the podcast, right? I don't know. Am I? Yeah, I think there's a new game that you're interested in.
0: <laughs> yeah, so real quick, uh, something that we're going to start doing is I'm going to get with one of our good buddies, Evan. Evan uh, Newton. Kind of like, like Fig Newton. That's why we call him Figgy. Nobody calls him Figgy. But- well, apparently, people on the to- <laughs> listeners to the podcast will now. Great, I don't know. Maybe that'll be his like little uh, screen name. But anyways, uh, I've I talked with Evan, and our local meta has really kind of drawn into this Warhammer Underworlds game. And for those people that that doesn't sound familiar, it's basically Shade Spire, but the game's actually called Warhammer Underworlds, and it's a hex game. It's also got a card draw mechanic into it. Got it has objectives and. It's, it's a pretty slick game and a lot of people are drawn to it. Not, I'm actually having a lot of fun with it too. So as our good friend Joe would say, the dominoes are falling and uh, people are getting invested in this new game. And I decided that there's so much interest in the game, not just in our area, but also, you know, the United States, UK and other places around the world, that I thought this would be a good, good uh, game to kind of expand the podcast a little bit and start doing episodes of just... Uh, Warhammer Underworlds so Evan's going to be the person that talks talks up that game with me and we'll start kind of doing some of the similar things we do with uh with our podcast here
1: well just a heads up Pete do not get into a matchup against Evan's daughter because she will fuck your shit up
0: yeah she's a beast Uh, (laughs) oh
1: yeah like I've seen her there with like other grown men play Evan's daughter is like 15 or so right something like that yeah oh yeah and she will like wreck their game like table the shit out of them
0: yeah she was she was playing against one of our good friends and she's playing that undead faction uh and basically she ended up getting 12 glory in one round and <laughs> she was just had this shit-eating grin on her face and our buddies sitting there fucking demoralized at this you know girl's kicking his teeth in and yeah she's a beast she'll she'll fuck you up man
1: i think evan and maya maya's evan's daughter uh i think that they're going to be going up to columbia to go to some bigger event yeah and so i just wish that i could be there so i could like watch her make a grown man cry
0: it's pretty funny she used to do the same thing like war machine and dice masters and it's just fun watching grown men you know i mean because a lot of a lot of gamers are kind of like you know these He's mask—that's not the right word—but anyways, they think girls aren't as good at gaming, right? So when they lose to a girl, Were they you get all say like, misogynist. Yeah, something like that. But anyways, <laughs> you know, they 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 kind of like get all huffy when a girl beats them. Yeah. Well, imagine a nerd like that that loses to a teenage girl. How huffy they get after something like that happens?
1: <laughs> yeah, my is a good player. And so yeah, I I hope that when you record with Evan that you get some awesome rage quit stories specifically about Maya and you know, Oh, Sunder. we will,
0: that'd be awesome. We will. We're planning on recording this weekend. So that means that I should have that dropping hopefully early next week. And then we also have a special interview that should be dropping towards the beginning of March. So also be on the lookout for that guys.
1: Yep. We do have a special interview. I'm excited for that too.
0: And then as always, Make sure that if you guys want to support the podcast, go to our Patreon page, uh, Patreon, and it's uh, slash Rage Quit Wire. And you know, if you feel like you know helping the podcast out, we got some awesome content that we give just to the patrons. We give out, we'll throw videos out there occasionally. We also try to do at least two mini podcast episodes a month, so usually you get extra mini episodes that we throw out there. Uh, We put videos up there, Uh, not just videos, but images, pictures. You, if you support the podcast, you can get like a T-shirt, dice, a lot of cool stuff. We give out to the patrons. Probably going to do a giveaway here soon, and you can follow us also on Twitter and on the Book of Faces. So, yeah, just follow us. We're trying to get content out there for the masses.
1: Yep, like, subscribe, all that good stuff.
0: And we will
1: see you next time, boys and girls. Until then. Roll dice, throw salt, we